Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 944 here on this Friday evening, a little late happy hour with JJ Chansey-Stremski. We're right here on The Fan. We're getting you ready for week 11 in the National Football League. Another football Friday means we welcome in our main man, Jared Smith. Morning after Sports Grid, I joined he and Ariel Epstein earlier this morning, played around the golf, and now, Jared, we get to do it again. What's up, dude? You had quite the day, JJ. I, I heard the short game was not uh, on, on, on par today, as they say. Oh, it was terrible. It was terrible, and that's usually <laughs> one of the strengths of my game because oh, man. Uh, we struggle. We struggle quite a bit off the tee, but hey, listen, it was 60 degrees, weekend before Thanksgiving, one of the last few really nice weather days we're probably going to have here in 2020. But, Jared, let's get down to it and let's start here. Seattle and Arizona. I bought low on the Seahawks last night. They find a way. Their defense was the best it's been in a long time. Yeah. Do you think that will be like a turn-the-corner type of moment for the Seahawks with a very soft schedule now coming up? Yeah, the schedule is soft. You know, they get a lot of games against the AC East. And it, it, is, it is interesting to kind of see – Seattle grow a little bit as a team because the Seahawks team that we watched early in the year was not a Seahawks team that we're used to seeing. They were not very physical at the line of scrimmage. They were unable to run the football, relying so much on Russell Wilson and and the passing game. We got a little bit of old school Seahawks last night. We got a little bit of Carlos Hyde banging it up front. We got a little bit of the defense being physical at the line of scrimmage. And that's the elixir that brought the Seahawks all that success over the last decade. So I think if you add in Russell Wilson's success, to some of those old school techniques that we saw last night, I think the Seahawks can continue to, you know, improve that defense. They're still a little banged up at corner. Both of the starting corners were out last night, Griffin and Dunbar, and they still played pretty well. They're a little banged up on the offensive line as well. So you would think getting healthy over the next few weeks, not only physically healthy, but also mentally healthy, playing some opponents that are not up to their standard, I think they will continue to trend upwards as we get closer to the postseason. Smitty, let's look at a game that was a playoff game. A year ago. That's Tennessee and Baltimore. Um, Both of these teams are scuffling going into this matchup. Baltimore was brutal Sunday night against New England. Uh, Tennessee is coming off a little extra time and a tough loss against the Indianapolis Colts. This line is locked in right now at six. It's really all over the place, depending on what board you might be looking at. I see a six and a half. I see a five and a half. It's all over the place. But what team at this point who are you more concerned about? Is it Tennessee and their offensive line struggles? Is it Baltimore and their inability to throw the football? Yeah, I mean, this is a tough game to cap. I mean, it, this is almost a game where you just kind of take the points and, and, you know, you hope it's a close game. You're getting almost a full touchdown with Tennessee, so you got to feel good about that. The issue is, you know, the Titans have been great straight up, not great against the spread. Ravens have been great straight up, 6-3. and three. I mean, both teams identical 6-3 and three records under 500 against the spread. So clearly the books are a little wrong on both of these teams. Clearly the market is a little bit unsettled, and I think we're kind of seeing that in where these odds are moving, and we're seeing the action split on both sides. I don't see any definitive 
uh, you know, direction that the money is pointing here in this game. These are obviously the rushing offenses are going to rule the day here. Which team can stop the run and which team can have more success on Sunday running the football? I think that's the team that's going to be more successful. I'm very concerned with Tennessee's defense. I think that, to me, is their big bugaboo. And I think when you look at the Ravens' side of the football, it's can Lamar Jackson stay consistent and continue to improve. We haven't seen that improvement. Unlike a guy like Kyler Murray, who clearly has made a jump from year one to year two, clearly a guy who can use his legs, but still making that jump, reading the field, throwing the football down the field, this is year three of Lamar Jackson, J.J. We have not yet seen that jump. It feels like he's the same quarterback rookie year than he is now, and that's the big concern for me if I'm a Ravens fan and if I'm a Ravens backer in this game. I don't like laying a lot of points with this Baltimore team, but they do seem to front run. It's like when you're backing a, uh, you know, a, a really fast horse in a race, you want that horse to get off to a good start if they like to lead from the pack. That's the way the Ravens' offense plays. I think they're going to have some success against the Titans' defense in this game. I think Tennessee's defense is certainly the weak point. I would be surprised if they didn't bounce back and win this game, but that is a lot of points to lay with an offense that has struggled. Smitty, I look at Green Bay and Indianapolis, and I'm wondering, why has this line gone from Green Bay minus 2.5 to Indianapolis minus 1.5, 2.5, depending on where you may look at it? Um, I, I think that's drastic. I think that's crazy line movement. And to me, it's telling you that the books are a little concerned after what they saw from Green Bay last week. And I think the books starting to buy what Indianapolis is selling defensively, the way they've looked the last few weeks. Uh, you got any rationale for that sudden drastic type of line movement? Well, usually when we see this, this is when we start to raise the red flag. When you start to see 80% of the action on Green Bay, yet the line flips. And, and, you know, when I'm looking and analyzing line movements, it can be tricky sometimes. Sometimes the line movements can play tricks on you. They can fool you. To me, one of the most bullish moves I, I like to track is when a game flips from a plus to a minus. So, in this case, the Colts open plus two, two and a half, wherever you do your shopping. And now we're seeing them as a slight favorite. I know that's not a significant move only two, three points in the marketplace. But when you make a team a plus to a minus, it opens the books up for that arbitrage situation where, you know, you know, really sharp players coming in on the Colts' money line earlier in the week. Well, now you can get the Colts' money line at a, or the Packers' money line at a very similar price, and you can try to hedge your bet and try to find a little bit of arbitrage. That's not how I play it, but that is the danger when you flip a line from an underdog to a favorite, which is why it doesn't happen very often. And when it does happen, you certainly take notice. When you handicap this game, it's all about – what Aaron Rodgers can do against this very elite Colts defense. And this Colts defense has certainly been tested this year. They haven't necessarily passed all of those tests with flying colors. I think Baltimore really bludgeoned them in the second half of that game. You want to blame it on that fluky interception. I I can't fault you there. But the Green Bay defense, I think, is where I I want to see them take a step forward, J.J. I want to see guys like Alexander, you know, the corners – really step up and, and, and hold down Phillip Rivers because this is not an explosive Colts offense. If this was ever a get-right game, we talk about get-right games a lot for offenses. If this was ever a get-right game for the Packers' defense to start to flex their muscle a little bit and shut down and get a little confidence against the Colts' offense that can be a little middling at times, I think that's where I would lean. But then you look at that crazy reverse line movement, and clearly the books know something we don't. I think this is a good stay-away spot, but I'll give you one trend to chew on for the Packers. Coming off of an ATS loss, 12-0 and 0 in their last 12 games against the spread after a loss against the number. Aaron Rodgers always finds a way to bounce back. I wouldn't put it past him to steal one in Indy on Sunday. Jared Smith over at Sports Grid. He's helping us break down the Week 11 card. And, Smitty, a team that's been very good to me personally, and you know where my allegiances lie, but they've also <laughs> been very, very good to you, the Miami Dolphins. 
The Dolphins right now are a three and a half point favorite at Denver. They're red hot. They're covering numbers left and right. Does that streak continue on Sunday? This is probably the stiffest test of them all because I think this is the first time that you're seeing the Dolphins as kind of a significant favorite where they've in, in, in previous roles, they've kind of been in a role where you could see the, the spread going in either direction. They've had some toss up games over this stretch. They've had a lot of games, obviously, where they've been a dog. Now they're installed as a significant road favorite at a place that's traditionally a very difficult place to play at altitude at mile high. So it, and the other thing that really scares me too, the, the, the narrative of the Dolphins being this team that sneaks up on people is totally gone. Uh, on Fandle, I'm seeing over 90% of the action on Miami. And that's scary because all of a sudden they are a team. They are the public darling now of the NFL. Denver is getting healthy this week. And that's where the matchups kind of get a little bit interesting. You get locked back under center. You get Fant back at tight end. Hunter Henry had a good game last week against Miami at the tight end position. So I could see Noah Fant being one of those guys that may be playing the prop markets this week. But Tua, I mean, JJ, that's really what this handicap comes down to. Tua has been absolutely outstanding. Five touchdowns, no picks, and three starts. Obviously, they're 3-0 and in those games. Matt Breida comes back for Miami. That should help their, their running game a little bit. You know, anytime you're on the road, quarterback, young quarterback's best friend is certainly the running game. Miami has used some, you know, role players uh, over the last couple of weeks at running back. Now they get Breida back. Denver's defense is what, is what scares me here. I think Denver's defense has been one of the better units that we haven't really talked about a lot even though they, they got gashed really hard last week against Vegas, but they got gashed in the running game a lot against Vegas. I don't know if Miami could take advantage of that. The Dolphins' defense has been absolutely outstanding. I think this is going to be a close game. I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos cover. I can't fade Miami because I've just been so enamored by them, but I feel like this is a spot that I would be a little cautious with them. Smitty, before we get to your best bet and what will be on your particular card, Jets, winless, Taking on a Charger team that, listen, it's amazing they're a nine-and-a-half-point favorite, but the Jets are trying to lose. Uh, are they a better team with Joe Flacco? Are the Jets going to follow up what they did against the New England Patriots? What is your handicap for the Jets and the Chargers? Yes, those Chargers who can't win games, nine-and-a-half-point favorites. And that's the most mind-boggling part about it. And we're seeing for in, in, in some departments the line's actually moving in their favor. Uh, this one opened a little bit south of nine, and, and we're seeing it creep up. And, you know, the Chargers are getting the majority of the action, so I certainly would expect to see the line at least creep in their favor. Hey, don't look now. Jets have covered two of their last three. So maybe the books are starting to get a little oversaturated uh, with fading the Jets, and we're starting to see that number come back down to earth a little bit. I, I think this game all comes down to can Joe Flacco move the football on the road against the defense that's been, I don't want to say average, but they're certainly not playing at the level a lot of people expected. Bosa, James, they've got a lot of injuries all over the field. So the Chargers defense, which was supposed to be this plus unit, has certainly uh, shown some chinks in the armor. Now, the Chargers have been a dreadful team against the spread. They've lost their last three straight up and against the number. And the one thing about them is we're seeing a lot of points scored for them and also against them. Six straight overs for the Chargers covering that total by an average margin of 12 points per game. I expect the Jets offense to play well in this game. I think if you're a Jets fan, I know there's a lot listening, you take one thing away from this season – you take Mekhi Becton's play. He now has become the left tackle of the future. And sometimes, J.J., in some circles, you need to get that position situated before you can install the, the starting quarterback of the future. Because if you can't protect that quarterback, what's the point of having one back there? I like the play of Mekhi Becton. I think this rookie class for the Jets has actually been pretty good. I like what I've seen from Denzel Mims. The Ashton Davis safety out of Cal, he's made some nice plays as well. So the rookie class is showing some, some signs of life. And 
how can you lay 10 points with the Chargers? I mean, I, I'm not running to the window to back the Jets here. I'm definitely going to bet the Jets here. It's not my favorite play of the week. This is more of a I don't see the Chargers winning this game by double digits type of situation. And I could see the Jets stealing one. I mean, this is a game. Chargers have had a couple of tough games in a row. Jets are off the bye. I could see them stealing this game and, you know, maybe ruining their first-round pick hopes or their number-one pick hopes, but maybe getting a little bit of positive vibes flowing in East Rutherford. Because, J.J., as you know, it's been rough uh, in the swamps of Jersey over the last few weeks for these teams. Well, you ain't kidding, but, Smitty, the worst thing this team can do is win this game on Sunday. Absolutely. You know and, and I know it. I know. Those positive vibes go out the window. <laughs> the, the only positivity right now is that Trevor Lawrence is waiting for you at the end of the year. That's about it. I, I agree. And, and I'll be honest, and, and this is a hot take. I've given this take on the show a few times on the morning after. I, I am not, and I'm not saying I'm not sold yet, but I'm not 100% sold that Justin Fields might not be the best option for an NFL team in the future. I mean, I don't, I'm not ready to sign off on either guy yet. So... It could be one of those situations where it's a blessing in disguise if they don't get the number one pick, or it could be a disaster. Because I just I I've, I like what I've seen from Justin Fields and and Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, you like what you see as well. I think there's two really good quarterbacks in this class, and you know your guess is as good as mine. Which one's going to be the better one in ten years? But I'm not a hundred percent sold that Trevor Lawrence is the lock best player in ten years. He he's going to be the number one pick most likely, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be the best quarterback. You saw it this year. Joe Burrow's the number one pick. Some people might say two and Herbert are the better quarterback for the future of these teams. So it, it might be a bad thing if the Jets win, but you never know. In 10 years when we, when we do this grade and we talk about this draft, uh, it could be something different. Okay, Smitty, now it's time, dude. Best bets, week 11. What do you got? What's on the card? JJ, I've been circling this game for weeks, and it, it only is enhanced by the fact that they lost this game first time around. But the Chiefs and the Raiders, now obviously this line has moved significantly since the Raiders' defensive issues with COVID. I got it on the right side of seven. I got it at six and a half very early in the week. And wow, that's, that's sometimes, Smitty, it pays to be you know the early bird, bro. Yeah. You ain't going to well, see only a six and a half ever again. No, you won't. And, and I still think it's playable at seven. I think it's seven and a half, eight is where I would take it out of the best bet category and put it into just a play. I mean, listen, the handicap is, is, is this, this, this Chiefs team does not lose games very often. And they lost the game in, I don't want to say an embarrassing fashion, but they got, they got whipped in that game. I mean, Vegas came into to Arrowhead and dropped 40 on them. So they did the little victory lap. We all know about the bulletin board material. I don't need to get into that. I will obviously reinforce Andy Reid off the bye trend, 18-3 and three overall, 25-3 and three if you include the playoffs. And again, the revenge factor, you know Patrick Mahomes and these guys have been sitting there and stewing on this one. A little bit concerned about the Kansas City defense. They've obviously had struggles, and the Vegas offense has been really good. That's the handicap that you worry about. But I like the Chiefs' defense getting a little healthier. They're going to have a full complement of corners for the first time all season this week. That should help neutralize that Vegas passing attack. And man, oh man, Patrick Mahomes against this weak Raiders defense, I think is going to be, uh, you know, in prime time in a new stadium in Viva Las Vegas. It's going to be a fun game. If you can get it at seven or if you want to tease it down, that's really where you get the value because then you move it through seven and three. It's a really good teaser spot this week. So I love the Chiefs. Another game I want to throw on the radar, Lions-Panthers. I know there's a lot of uncertainty here because of who's playing quarterback for Carolina. We know it's going to be Matthew Stafford, but no Kenny Galladay. I want to throw out the total here. It's going to drop because of the offensive issues on both sides with injuries. But I don't think it's worthy of dropping. And if P.J. Walker starts for Carolina, and it's looking like that's going to be the case, that actually, to me, might be an upgrade on this Carolina offense. The Lions' defense is really poor. P.J. Walker, we saw what he did in the XFL. He's a Matt Rule guy, played at Temple with him. 
I think P.J. Walker could be one of those surprise stories in the NFL this week. He shows up and puts on a show. You know how it's tough on a short week, and it's a short week for Detroit preparing for P.J. Walker because they thought they were going to be preparing for Teddy Bridgewater. I can see Walker you know, starting a little noise here. Carolina, as, as a plus-money dog, and also the over in this game, if it continues to drop into the low to mid-40s, I think could be a really good play. Jared Smith over at Sports Grid morning after. Check him out Monday through Friday daily. Smitty, always a pleasure, man. Enjoy the weekend, and let's cash some tickets, all right? JJ, good luck, buddy. Work on that short game. Eh, I need some work. I need a whole lot of work. I need a revamp, as they say. Good stuff there from Smitty. We got a lot more to do. We got a ton, tons, tons of NBA breaking news that we're going to get to. A couple of very interesting free agent signings, including two locally. Get aboard at 877-337-6666. Update time. Here we go. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.